You're listening to Kindling Conversation with Siobhan Hunt, part of Kindling Kids Radio. Cancer. It's an illness that impacts not only the person experiencing it, but those around them too. So what happens if you've got a young family and find out you have cancer? Small children can be exhausting at the best of times. So how do you manage it when you're really ill? And what happens after you've recovered and are expected to just get on with life? Dr. Alicia Thornton-Benko is often on Kindling Conversation explaining the many illnesses we go through as a family. But her passion has always been oncology. She's recently opened a centre that's all about supporting people going through cancer treatment and after. Hi, Alicia. How are you? Hi. Well, thank you, Siobhan. Thanks for having me. Pleasure. Now, I mentioned just then that oncology has always been a passion of yours. Yes. Why this particular space? It's called Wellac Lifestyle. Yes. When did you first get the idea for this? So it has been a long time coming and it's obviously morphed into what it is today. Wellac Lifestyle stands for wellness after and during cancer. And basically, I mean, cancer has been a part of my life on a personal level. Um, And then I obviously had an interest 10 years ago, um, a very strong interest that I wanted to make a difference because I could see that so many people are affected and people know of people that have been affected, but you could see that there's this whole world, which is now called the survivorship world, and it's a, a growing field where people are really needing supportive services in addition to their active treatment. So 10 years ago, I had grandiose ideas. Now that has formed into Well at Lifestyle in, in East Gardens in Sydney. At the moment, it's just a, a one-off centre. But what makes it special is it's independent. It's away from that medicalised hospital environment and it's supportive care for the family, for a family that you know has been in some way affected by a cancer diagnosis. Sorry, my paper, her ears went bing when she heard the paper rustle. Um, did I even answer that question? You did, you okay. did. <clears throat> So could you explain to me, you just mentioned that it's not part of the hospital environment, but it's supportive for people who are going through cancer or who have gone through cancer and come out the other side. Yes. What kind of services does it offer and why is it important that that's separate to a hospital environment? So talking about the separation first, I mean, there are a couple of major hospitals in Australia and certainly around the world, that will have these kind of centres. And they're fabulous. There's nothing wrong with them. They, they provide a great service. However, people want to move on with their lives, even if their lives have been affected. And in that way, they don't always want to go back to that hospital environment, back to the same car park where they remember they were about to have their chemo. So it's about those memories. So for me, I wanted to do something separate so that, yes, we can address issues or we can just help support if there aren't current issues, but it's more for the long term. It's more for supportive care along what we call that survivorship journey. So anywhere really from diagnosis through to hopefully a long, happy life. And that life might be living with cancer. It might be in remission. It might be cured. Or for those with a family history, the services are also open to those who just want to reduce their risk. So they don't actually have the diagnosis currently, but they know it's in their family. So the service that we offer all, well, there's evidence-based to them. 
There's certainly a growing um, body of evidence supporting these survivorship services. We're a little bit slow on the pickup here, but it is coming and it is growing. So there's evidence that's just beyond doing some exercise or beyond eating healthily, but actually professionals who have extra training in these areas where we find that people who actually do certain exercises, strength-based exercises, remain physically active, certainly under you know, guidance by a professional, um, as well as dietitian input, psychology, psychosocial support. Those things have been shown to reduce the risk of a cancer coming back, to reduce the risk of a cancer in the first place. Sometimes help people deal with the side effects of a cancer treatment. Some people might get peripheral neuropathy, which is pins and needles, you know, of their hands and their feet because of a chemo that they've had. So we can help support, you know, and help them have a better quality of life. Um, and so it's just all those supportive services. So Well at Lifestyle specifically at this point in time, it's new. I've got great ideas for <laughs> extra things. But at the moment, we offer um, exercise physiology. So that's run by exercise physiologists who are university trained. Um, and they're trained to use exercise as medicine, mainly for chronic diseases, which cancer is. And so there's one-on-one and couple sessions, as well as small group classes. They also lead Pilates mat classes. And then we also are having yoga. And there's another fabulous movement class that is soon to come, which is really exciting, a mixture of sort of mindfulness, as well as dance, shigong, tai chi combined in in one really interesting. So that's more to come soon. Um, We also offer psychology and it's experienced team who are used to dealing with families, young children with their parents. We have family sessions, individual sessions, just really to discuss anything and a really being a, an open, comfortable, safe space that's confidential. I'll just interrupt there yes, and we can keep going absolutely. with the services. But those, uh, particularly the counselling, strikes me as something that could really help families. Definitely. Um, because it, it seems like such an uncertain road, particularly if you're diagnosed and you know you have young children. Definitely. It almost makes me feel sick just thinking about it. It is. It's, it's such a huge really Yeah. And I mean, we're all afraid of death, yes. but the idea of leaving your young children seems to me something that navigating the hospital system and what you need for treatment, as well as staying in touch with um, what your family needs and your young children mm. need from you. I mean, is that something that your counsellors can kind of help manage. Definitely, definitely. I mean, in addition to what I think is a great service at, at Well at Lifestyle, I definitely would urge people in those circumstances to also contact the Cancer Council. There's also Canteen, very supportive to families because cancer is a family diagnosis and certainly for parents and particularly for mothers, often once they're told you you have cancer, the first thing they think about is their kids. That's the first thing and the overwhelming thing. That's the thing that keeps them up at night more than anything else. So really it is a family diagnosis and everyone does, you know, experience the diagnosis itself differently. And so that needs to be attended to. So there are other services out there, but I do urge people to sort of, you know, speak to social workers in hospitals because they're certainly trained and skilled, certainly speak to other organisations which I've mentioned a few, but there's others out there. And then there's services such as Well at Lifestyle where you can actually come into a safe space and we can do a session 
And what I tend to sort of recommend is normally the person who has the diagnosis either would commence that session or come along with their, their partner and um, and that gets the ball rolling. But then the psychologist then really separates them out and then we'll have individual time and then bring the children in. I mean, obviously it needs to be age appropriate, but children aren't stupid. They recognise there's a change. They might see mum or dad not there as often or unwell or going to the hospital. Life is turned upside down. So it needs to have, they need to have age appropriate communication. But I think if they know something's up and people pretend something isn't up, then they, there could be a detrimental effect to their mental health in the future. So it really does need to be attended to. And I think we can, we can probably get it better and start earlier. And I think if, if, if these supportive services start earlier for families and young children, everyone just adapts a little bit better. You're listening to Kindling Conversation. I'm speaking with Dr. Alicia Thornton-Benko. She is a GP that you'll hear often on Kindling Conversation. She's just opened a centre called Wellac Lifestyle, which is about supporting people when they go through cancer, when they survive cancer, and basically just helping them live a better life as they're going through something that is quite traumatic, obviously. I'm just, Alicia, one of the things that I'm really fascinated about is... Um, I know you have several different services that can work together yes. in the centre, but the idea of having a trained uh, exercise yes. coach, like a personal trainer or whatever, yes. who understands the physicality of cancer. So yes. I'm imagining, I've, I've seen friends post pictures of them going through chemo. I've heard mm. about how it can just make you feel so ill. Definitely. Um the people that you've got in your centre, they're working with those limitations, is that right? Absolutely. So everything is personalised and individualised. So the centre's open to all cancer backgrounds and all fitness levels. What often happens, and it's not anything negative about the cancers that we talk about more more frequently, is sometimes those treatments have been refined so much that people are able to do, say, an exercise you know, exercise during the treatment or certainly after that and feel a little bit better, say, than the brain cancer patient or the lung cancer patient. But that's not to say people don't individually, you know, but just all in all. And I feel that those patients sometimes do miss out and get forgotten about. But the reality from the current studies are that all cancer patients, including those with the brain or the lung cancer, benefit from these services. But obviously you need someone who's you know, trained and understands limitations and where it's safe to push people. So with lung cancer, a lot of people will have breathlessness, just walking around, maybe just even sitting down. But if they can actually do a little bit of physical activity, it can actually help not only the treatment, if they're currently going through treatment, but can it just help their physicality, their strength, and therefore their quality of life. And it might just help them down the track with cure as well, or at least living a better quality of life with less symptoms. So the exercise physiologists differ from a personal trainer in that personal trainers are fabulous, don't get me wrong, they really are, but they're trained to deal with healthy people. So an exercise physiologist is trained to deal with exercise for people that have chronic disease. So that's part of their four-year training and then hopefully with experience. So we use particular Canex Pro Cancer Exercise Protocols um, from an established, you know, exercise physiologist. Um, And they've been sort of you know, come about over time of what works for different cancers and different people. Um, so, yeah, so things are personalised. And if people need added motivation, you know, a partner or a friend could come along and they could have a couple session, which is geared for the person who has the, the diagnosis. Um, but 
they can actually then join in together with that activity. Let's talk about survivorship. Yes. Actually, I will just say, I know people might be going, well, what are the other services? Well, I'll tell you, there will be a link to the Wellac Lifestyle website so you can go and check out what's available. The other thing is, of course, I should mention before we move on to survivorship is that, Alicia, your role here is to help guide people who come in. Is that right? So they'll come in and you'll say, talk to me about what's happening for you. And these are the people I recommend you see. Absolutely. So I'm not a necessary part. Of course I am. No. (laughs) Well, it wouldn't be here without you. Let's say that. So, you know, obviously I founded it and directed and oversee it and it is, you know, you know, a passion of mine and, and very important. But people don't absolutely have to see me if they're very clear or they're, you know, doctor or nurse or friend or it's, there's been a recommendation. They're very clear. They know the evidence. Yes, activity will help me um, or I need some help with my diet or I'm not coping very well. I need to talk about stuff in a safe space. Then they can, you know, get a go and see their GP. We do recommend that because there are Medicare rebates if they see their GP and they get a chronic disease management plan and specific referrals, or if they get a GP mental health care plan, there's Medicare rebates associated with that, and all GPs know. Um, and the referrals, the names are on our website if they wanted specific information. However, so if people are quite directed already, that's fine. They can self-refer. They can come and they can make that booking. But I will sit there in a position where I'm more than happy to talk to anybody really who's affected in any way or with a family history and help guide them through that whole broad area of survivorship because it really is a a lifestyle thing, a supportive thing. I mean, I've seen someone today, you know, going through, like even example, they're on taking supplements which, you know, everyone has a mixed opinion about. However, they weren't aware that they're currently doing doing chemotherapy and therefore there can be interactions. So obviously it's open honesty, giving them information, letting them, you know, there's some really good websites to get information, telling their treating team, being open and honest about things. So I can play a role like that just with advice, recommending supportive psychological services, you know, often children are involved and so making some recommendations there. I will make some, you know, bland recommendations with diet, but then if there's more need, then I can refer and say, I think you might need to see a professional regarding the dietitian because a lot of people will either lose weight and become quite malnourished during treatment, depending on what cancer they have, or they can actually sometimes after the active treatment might be on hormonal treatments for years to come and might find they're gaining weight. So Exercise and diet can play a very obvious, helpful, you know, combination with that as well. So I sort of, sort of, I am a GP, but in this service, I'm not acting as a GP. Everyone has to have their own treating oncology team. They have to have their own GP separate to Well at Lifestyle. But I am there really offering medical advice to do with any part of it that they want to talk about and help guide them accordingly. And in that survivorship space, it's really anything from diagnosis right through. So I mentioned in the introduction, um, my questions are, you know, what happens? Um, how can you manage that time and space? And it sounds like Wellac Lifestyle can help support you to feel as best you can in a bad situation, um, help with your energy levels a little bit with your kids, and also, most importantly, help explain what's going on. Yes. Talk to me about this idea of survivorship, because I imagine that once you've been through cancer, then your perspective on life has to change. I mean, you've been through such a huge experience Mm. and your body must have changed physically. Talk to me about how Wellac Lifestyle supports that ongoing and why it's such a 
rare thing, I guess, for people to understand that it doesn't just end with, I guess, a cure. Yes, no, absolutely. So, yeah, it does change people and often relationships change. Sometimes very important close relationships change. Other times it's just more distant friends. People come out of the woodworks and surprise you. Other times you're disappointed. So that that often there's a trajectory and a, a journey through that. So obviously that's where you know, we can support people and so they know it's a safe space where you can come and be open and honest and, and, and true to who you are. You don't have to pretend. Um, the other thing I suppose with the, the support side of it that we can offer is there's a small relaxation space, but I want that to be a space where people can feel that they can gather together. I mean, sometimes people don't want to, to talk about what they're going through or what their fears are, but support groups can be a really, really helpful safe space as well, separate to an actual psychology consult and, um, and talking about families, you know, say one partner might be coming to the centre might have small children, they're having their exercise sessions, say, and then the other partner could have a chat with the other partners in that safe space or even bring some children in or go catch up and have a coffee. So it's just creating a community, I suppose, because the survivorship, look, some people don't like the term survivorship and I can understand that, but the reality is we, we it, it's how it's been labelled and it is such a growing field and there needs to be therefore some consistencies because major, major changes need to take place just on the awareness front because even, you know, doctors and nurses that are aware it's they still it's not in the habit of being spoken about and um and the community isn't as aware that it, there is this this term this field that's growing so that i can suppose help them correct manage what they might think i should be dealing with this i'm well why aren't Abs- i feeling better or absolutely and people do find that um you know with those relationship changes that we were talking about they do find feel alone and that's why online there's all those support groups that go on and why offline and face-to-face as well because people can't they do feel that they are changed but they have to sort of live up to these expectations of how they were and so I hope that well at Lysol can be that safe space that where they can be true and can be open and they can be honest and it is a bit of a journey so I suppose the term survivorship as well needs change you know and you'll come and go and and people might really be a bit more needy or needing that more support early on and then you'll know that they're going quite well because they might not need to pop in for a while but you're still there and they know there's a safe space still there and if sadly there was a recurrence then you're there again. So it's it's supporting people through the journey. So it's not just being a survivor as in being cured, but it's living with or, you know, and finding a peace because there's many, many, many people live their lives with metastatic disease and actually have fulfilling lives, but there are side effects. They are more tired. They might have pain. So it's dealing with that as well and helping support people through that. So it's a very, very broad term and it doesn't mean that you've won a battle. People don't like that necessarily, that terminology. But it really just is about supporting people through a journey where themselves, their family has been affected by a cancer diagnosis or a family history of a cancer diagnosis. Well, I think you've done a wonderful oh, thing, Alicia. Thank you so Congratulations. much. Congratulations. Hopefully this is going to expand across Australia. Oh, that would be great. <laughs> but, you know, there's one thing I'd love to say. In addition to all those things, if people just want to relax and sort of get away, they can come and have the oncology massage or the family member can have a remedial massage because they don't have to have the oncology lighter touch one or the reflex. So there's a couple of services where 
where you can just sort of think, okay, I don't even have to think about treatment. I just want to get away and relax. So mm. I just thought I'd mention that too. Now, that's yes. a nice one to remember. <laughs> yes. And uh, I will say if you're in another state, if you're not or somewhere outside of Sydney and you think, why don't we have this near us? <laughs> I suggest you get on the website and email Alicia and then you can work out ways to expand this supportive thing. I think it's great. Alicia, thank you so much for coming in. Thanks for having me and thanks for your support. That's Dr. Alicia Thornton-Benko. As I mentioned, you'll hear Alicia a lot on Kindling Conversation. She's a GP, but she's also just founded Wellac Lifestyle, which is about supporting people throughout their cancer treatment and beyond. It's called Wellac Lifestyle. We'll put links on our website. Just head to kindling.com.au. You've been listening to a Kindling Conversation podcast. We'd like to reach as many parents as possible, and you can help us by giving us a review wherever you downloaded this episode. It means that more people can find us. I'm Siobhan Hunt. See you next time.